it's nice to nice to meet you then. No, same here, same here. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. A happy new year as well uh, to you and all your loved ones. Happy new year to you too. Thank you, uh, thank you. Glad, glad to be moving forward in time. <laughs> tell me about it, tell me about it. Well, first things first then, how's your, how's your day going? You got that Monday Grove going on? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I had a nice weekend and now, and now it's back to the, the weekly grind. <laughs> <laughs> um, secondly, congratulations on the release of your latest album, Epigon, out last Friday, January 7th, via Century Media Records. How, have you had time to process it, being out there now, walking on its own two feet, as it were? It's, it's, it's still still settling in for me, I think, like... I mean, it's. I'm very happy that it's out there, and the, the response so far has been very positive. So I'm happy to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, this album's been been done for close to a year. You know, maybe maybe like eight or nine months. So like, my my head's been so much in just whatever's coming next that I, I sometimes forget that people are finally li- finally listening to that record. Uh, with that in mind, do you find it? Re- do you find the release and the fact that people are talking about it as if as it's brand new for us? Do you find it refreshes it for you? It does. Yeah, I, I think that's and that's one thing that I that I like about uh, this album cycle versus the last because the last one that record was done at the end of twenty eighteen and it wasn't until the end of twenty nineteen when it was finally released. So that was a long period of it, of it just being completely in the past for me. Whereas at least now this is still relatively um, fresh for me and, and I can, it's less of a like, oh, finally it's out there and finally things can happen. It's more of like a continuation of, the, of a relatively normal cycle. Normal, interesting choice of words. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't, I you don't hear that a lot these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said already, last time we spoke to you guys, it was July 2022. And I, I would personally would love to say that a lot has changed in the world, but it's 2022 and things still feel somewhat the same. How, how have you guys been holding up two years into this uh, pandemic situation? Well, I think, the, um, I think the production of this record has kept us more um kept us occupied enough to to get by uh. i think like it was like okay we'll we there became a point where we had enough tours and festivals and one-off shows get canceled or postponed that we kind of basically lost hope of like getting having any sort of realistic expectation of when we could play live again Fair. and so we just focused all of our attention into the record which was good in the sense of being able to finally um like get a record out in, in without too much time in between mm. um but also it was like um al- almost not healthy to go from releasing a record having only played a handful of shows in support of it and then immediately go into the next record there was none of that that victory lap if you will yep for for veil so we just kind of it's it's almost like not having a weekend and then just going straight straight into Monday after Friday's over. Excellent way to put it. Considering the separation and limitations that have been put upon you because because of the events of the last two years, do you feel as a particularly with the release of the new album that will run you've arrived at this point stronger than ever? I would say so. I think every album we've always come away with some sort of lessons learned from mm. the process. 
Um, and, and that's certainly true um, going into this record and um, it's going to be true into the next one, whatever that will be. Um, I, I think, I think having just spent more time with these, these other guys, like, I think we all get, we get closer and we're better tuned to our, uh, our, our, personal uh similarities and differences that yeah. it makes making music together easier as time goes on did you find uh during these periods particularly with the separation and you weren't able to do perhaps things how you previously were did you find you kind of lent each other to cope and stay strong through particularly i guess even the darker periods of this last two years yeah there's there's definitely been been a lot of that um i mean it, it's not that different for us in the sense that we've been um kind of spread out across the u.s for our entire existence as a band so doing things remotely at least like on a technical level we're like okay we'll just do more of what we're used to doing but um do it all in this format as opposed to like we would have liked to get together a couple more times in person than we did before Mm -hmm. epicon was released just to iron out some details a little more efficiently. Um, obviously, that was difficult, if not impossible, to do at certain points, and uh, so we only were able to really do that once. Um, but I, I think we, we're 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 good friends. So when when things get tough and and people start to get disheartened by by the situation, you at least have you know a group of other guys to to help kind of pull you out of that that funk. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, there's almost an expectation as well uh, at this time that any album written during kind of the COVID times will be reflective of the period in some way. Firstly, did you find you were expressing feelings on this period in the writing without maybe necessarily meaning to? That's tough to say. I mean, it's it's probably true. I mean, we're every. I believe that everything that we're that we do is kind of representative of what's going on in our deeper subconsciousness yep. probably. Um, so, I mean, it, it's got to play a part. I mean, you know, the, this record certainly um, was faced with a, a lot of uncertainty in, in so many regards that I think the, that inevitably will come out in some way, but I, I don't know if it's in a way that I can, fully articulate yet i think that might take a few years for me to be able to reflect accurately oh no that's fair i think that makes much more sense as well particularly when it comes to the second point of that balancing any frustration i guess you felt about this particular period with what you wanted this record to be was it an easy thing for you to separate hmm oh that's that's an interesting question i think like I think what we sought out to do was fairly close to what um, to to what we came out with on the other side. But it, there's definitely like um, an element of we want certain things. I was expecting to come out a little bit differently than than they did, but mm-hmm. and they ended up coming out a bit more um, similar to some things that we've done in the past. Just because I think like we're there's things that are inherent in our process that will lead to certain results, I think. 
Are you confident as well that for those who haven't listened to it yet and they really should have by now as well, it's been out for a few days, that it's still instantly from your ears a recognisable Wilder Run album, but while also being clearly a development too? Yeah, I think so. I, I think if, if, generally speaking, I would say if, if people enjoyed Veil of Imagination, they'll probably find something they like right. in this record as well. It's fair, I think, to say that this is, at least from my perspective, the most Wilderon album you've released, if I can use that term. Not a product of this period, basically. A product of your past, present, and your future. The encapsulation of your talents and years making music. For you, does this make Epigon the most important music that you put out there to date? I think so. Um, I, th I think... Um... I mean, I, I, w I would say, I mean, Veil certainly has its importance in that mm -hmm. it kind of, it, it brought us into a certain light that we weren't uh, existing in previously. But uh, but this record to me feels like kind of a culmination of, of everything we've done up until now. And it's kind of, I like I like to, to say that, um, I mean, similar to, to you, how, how you put it, I think it's it's kind of the, the pinnacle of, of this, kind of era of Wilderun sound and where we go from here. I mean, it's tough to say, I mean, we're, we're not, we're, we're barely starting the, the writing process mm. for whatever's next. And it's very experimental, but I, I have a hard time imagining doing another record like Epigon um, or Vale or any of our previous records and, and have it not kind of pale in comparison to what, is already there. I mean, I, I almost feel like exhausted by what we've done, you know, in a good way, but in a way that like, I, I don't know how we could do Ep Epigon again in, in some other fashion. It's interesting as well, you choose the word exhausting, because even from a listening perspective, the scale and the scope of it is it's exhausting to listen to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There are many words that no, come okay. up. Sorry, go on. I mean, in, in terms of the exhausting thing, I think there's, um, I, I think that was one thing that we were very conscious of when we were making this record was that um, th there's so much going on and it's so sometimes like almost to the point of being overstuffed with ideas and, and, um, and instrumentation that we were very conscious about having the the flow of the record being a bit more um a bit more patient and and leaving a bit of space in between some of these moments and um i mean one like one thing for instance like the that um the track ambition the the kind of ambient soundscape piece we, we very intentionally we originally didn't have anything in there and just was going to go from identifier into the distraction series yeah. and every time we would listen to the mix we're like this is exhausting and i don't want to listen to anything after identifier <laughs> so we just need we needed a breather and once we once we put that in there it was like oh, okay now this just feels like i'm ready for this for the last stretch of the record yeah it's it's a, it's a workout a really satisfying workout and so you hit that point and i guess it's where you're momentarily taking your foot off the gas and you're slowing down and just getting ready for the next epic part of the run Right. That's a good way to put it. It is very satisfying. Now, one word that 
often comes up when describing uh, Epigon is cinematic. It's kind of a catch-all, I think, for like orchestration, synth and melody, but can be descriptive enough to give, I guess, a new fan some idea of what else they can expect outside of the progressive metal banner that you sit under. For yourself, though, do you struggle uh, the way seemingly everybody does to describe what Epigon is? Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, and I think a lot of it is because we don't really have too many preconceived notions of what it's going to be when mm. we start working on a record. You know, like there's things that we inherently like, but um, I think I think the, the more I think about like the term cinematic yeah. um, in, re in regards to this record, the more I, I think that's kind of the most accurate way to describe it because really what we're trying to do is, is um, express emotions and feelings in, in some sort of musical form. And um, that's more important to us than whatever sort of arbitrary genres have been um, um, labeled in, in the past. Like that doesn't really interest us at all. So whatever sounds are the best sounds to, uh, to express that, those are the ones we're gonna use. That makes complete sense to me because, you know, when I think of the term cinematic, you know, you tend to think of uh, a movie, for example, and it's wide ranging from it could be the music of, say, Lord of the Rings to the music of Die Hard and so on. And all the in between, it's all about how it makes you feel in the moment. So I think it works, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, especially you mentioned movies like Lord of the Rings, something that's like a truly epic um, scale with mm. so many like interwo interwoven storylines and stuff. I feel like that's kind of how we try and approach that stuff. So the pacing is very much more like a film score than it is than a uh, than your typical metal record. I think. No, that makes complete sense to me. I mean, imagination seems to run wild with you guys. What's your method for tempering such imagination and distilling it into, for example, Epigon? I mean, I think end of the day, it all comes down to to good melodies and and interesting harmonies. Um, and then, so it's just kind of we, we we start we always start out with just the, the rawest of ideas, which which are that kind of essentially on a piece of paper. Um, and then we try and wring out of it um, so, some sort of inspiration within ourselves that's that's innate by. Um, by virtue of everyone in the band has very different musical tastes. Mm. I think we all we all kind of conjoin in the in kind of the, the progressive rock and progressive metal world. But you know, like I, I for myself spend a good portion of my music listening listening to a lot of electronic music. Yeah. You know that I mean certainly currently right now I, I, I don't listen to a whole lot of metal. Um well when I do it's you know something a little bit more emotionally intense i guess mm. so we so we're just trying to interject those things whatever whatever strikes us as the most appropriate emotional sound um for those melodies and, and for the way of presenting it that's that's what's going to come forth is it easy to a set... little esoteric to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But is it easy then for you to, you know, to take those ideas and decide, OK, this is the emotion we want to portray in this particular music to balance that with your own emotional feeling that you might have on that particular day or that particular moment? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely uh, whenever I'm writing music, the, the most common um, emotion I'm feeling is usually frustration. So that comes out a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you kind of you bang your head against the wall enough. Eventually, you'll you'll put a hole through it. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of my approach to to uh, to working on Wilder Run music. <laughs> well, that's the heavy metal way, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> That's why they call it yeah. um, One of the more interesting things I've, uh, upon reading, like, you know, details about the album and conversations you've been having in regard to press release and stuff like that was uh, about the t- thoughts on the title of the album and the meaning behind it. Um, and then particularly the, I guess, almost imposter syndrome that is implied. Do you feel now, now that the album is out there, that you've uh, you've earned the artistic badge? now or you matter of waiting to see how this uh how the dust settles in this album i i don't know i mean i i definitely you know as we as we grow as a band and as we you know i, I find ourselves on um being represented in, in uh, places that i've always admired as a as a listener and, and um and as someone who tries to keep up on you know whatever music news or when certain artists mention to us that they they enjoy our music like i definitely i definitely get a bit of that imposter syndrome mm. because end of the day you know i know myself as myself and not as you know the bassist of wilderon so when people yep. say like oh you're really great and and all that and i'm like really have you have you met me i mean i'm okay <laughs> so, <laughs> but um yeah, so I, I just I but I try not to think too much about it in the end because I know the the more the more time I spend thinking about that the less the less spend time I spend with myself and growing as a person, which I think in the end is probably more helpful for the music anyway. Well, that's fair. That's fair. So when it comes to a feedback then, and I'm not talking about, say, press reviews here and stuff, I'm talking about general feedback. So whether it be a social media comment system or the YouTube comments and things like that, are you particularly interested in that level of feedback? And do you find yourself checking it out on a regular basis? Uh, I, I certainly have in the past, and I've been finding with this record that I, I, I at least... I think in the last couple of days, even I've, I've kind of um, told myself, you know, I should probably stay away from comment sections because mm. uh, they can they they can get, you know, it's it's people's like half a second of thought put into three words, you know, and it's like that is that really helpful? Yeah. Reviews, on the other hand, and you know, people whose whose job it is to dissect music and um, and and put into words some sort of um, synopsis on it. I appreciate that more. And I do find um, that as long as I don't feel overburdened by reading them, that it's useful for me as an artist to see what comes across and what doesn't from our original intentions. No, that's fair. It is a, it's a minefield ultimately, and you've just got to try and navigate it carefully. Exactly. And as, as we continue to grow as a band, that minefield just gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> it does, absolutely. But then it also comes with a ton of excitement as you get that kind of attention. Personally, to me, there's no argument that Epigon is your most accomplished work to date. And although we're only in January, this is an album we'll be talking about come the end of the year with best of lists, arbitrary lists and so on. 
I wonder though, and I can't wait for this aspect, and I wonder how you feel about it, airing these tracks live. Are you, are you excited about that prospect? Very much. Um, I think, I mean, live is to me always the most, like, it's it's genuine in the sense that it's just it's just happening in real time and like, um, you just get to you you get to see people hearing it, mm. you know, sometimes for the first time, which is which is always interesting to me, um, especially when you know we just got off off a tour with Swallow's Son and Abigail Williams, so there's a lot of people in the audience who've never even heard of us, yeah. you know, people would come up to me afterwards and say how much they enjoyed it and you know when i it, it i always live i always get this feeling that um there's always this hint of like i don't know if anyone's really enjoying this because everyone's just kind of standing still and watching <laughs> but then they come like those same people i see in the crowd just standing there will come up after me and tell me how how, how great they thought the performance was um and i'm like okay that's that's interesting you know and i i was talking to my wife the other day about that um and she was saying like yeah when i stand in the audience you know it's it's very different when you're amongst the crowd and you just see how hypnotized people get by it that's the word there isn't it um, hypnotized so mesmerized by your performance it's a, it's a different style of music to say hardcore people won't move around in the same fashion but the mesmerizing aspect that's what i think of Right. And the, the typical um, idea of someone enjoying a metal concert is them like moshing and moving yeah. around, headbanging and stuff. But I suppose when, you know, with music as, as dense as, as this, I mean, you if you move your head around too much, you're probably not hearing everything. <laughs> this is a, I feel like um, it's a sit down show with a nice cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just lose yourself in it that way. It may not be the most metal way of listening to it, but it just feels right. Yeah, yeah. We actually uh, like we played our first uh, sit-down venue um, in Vancouver while on tour, um, and and that was that was interesting. It really felt appropriate, you know. It was just like because that you know when you see people sitting down and not moving, you don't really think anything about it. It's like yeah, they're sitting down and yep. doing whatever they're watching, as opposed to just standing in an empty room you know or whatever <laughs> absolutely so i mean obviously this is a bold prediction more than anything else but are you hopeful for a busier 2022 when it comes to touring obviously it's january things aren't great across the world still but um it seems like we're all trying right yeah no i'm def definitely hoping so it's it's high time we get out on the road more and um, and, and people just get a chance to, to experience live music again, you know, hopefully everything starts to just kind of open up in a, in a smart and safe way. And, and we can just hopefully get back to, uh, some semblance of our previous normality. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all ready for it. Yeah. Beginning to forget what that was like. <laughs> I, I hear you. <laughs> Until then, though, folks, do go check out Epigon. It is out now. Spend some serious time with it and you will come away very, very happy. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much, Carl. 
Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on GBHBL.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?